today we're going to begin a new series uh, titled The Last Days. And we're basically going to be looking at the events, the key events, as revealed to us in Scripture that must take place in the last days. Um, because we're, everybody kind of agrees that we're heading closer and closer to the event when our Lord Jesus Christ will return to the earth. And so it is incumbent upon us as believers to understand what events should transpire prior to our Lord Jesus Christ coming back to the earth. Because when our Lord Jesus uh, did teach on the end time events, um, and we can quote one of the scriptures in Matthew 24, 4, our Lord says, and the scripture says, And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. And it is only in the area of our Lord's second coming um, that our Lord says to his church that we are to take heed that no one deceives us. Because it's in this particular area that um, the saints are vulnerable, that they can be misled, because there is uh, a myriad of uh, teaching out there which would have various... Um, points of view put across as to what will transpire in the end times. And so this is the one area that the Lord has admonished his saints to take heed that no one deceives us. And so the Lord actually places the onus upon the saint themselves that they are to take heed that no one deceives them regarding this particular subject. Because as I say, this is the one time that our Lord did say to us that we're to take heed that no one does deceive us. And that's with regards to the end time events. Now, it is the Lord's um, will for his church that each one of his saints should be fully aware of events that will transpire prior to his second coming. Because he doesn't want any of us to be deceived. And so God has made provision for, for the saints in the word of God by revealing to us up front what it is that is going to transpire in the last days so that we can you know, just basically be aware of what is basically uh, coming down the line. We not to be taken by surprise in any of these things. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10, the scripture says, But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. And so in context there, the Apostle Paul is revealing to us that the mysteries of God which have been hidden in God uh, before the ages began, which God ordained before the ages began, those mysteries have been revealed to the saints. For he says, but God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. And so the Holy Spirit that resides on the inside of every one of the saints of God knows all of the future, knows every event that will transpire before our Lord Jesus Christ returns to the earth. And that same Holy Spirit reveals to the church the mysteries of God. Now, he does reveal those mysteries through his appointed apostles and prophets. The scripture is very plain on that issue. And that is why we have the New Testament, the epistles specifically, including the book of Revelation, which is written by the Lord's apostles and prophets for the gospel that Paul received um, when he taught it to the church, he received as a prophet, not as an apostle. The Lord revealed the gospel to him when he was in Arabia, and at that time he stood in the office of prophet. 
And so the Lord has made provision for His church to have full and complete understanding of the end times and we're not to be taken by surprise in anything. Again, our Lord speaking on the same kind of thing, basically, in John's Gospel, in John chapter 15, verse 15, our Lord speaking, He says, No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. And so Jesus is very plain to us on this subject here. He says, all things that I've heard from my Father, I have made known unto you. And so Jesus doesn't hold back any uh, truth from his church today. Now, I understand that this is the case of uh, the baby Christian and the mature believer, and the Lord does not reveal to the baby Christian that which he reveals to the mature believer, purely because they're not yet able to absorb that. But nevertheless, within the church at large, the Lord holds nothing back from his church. And so specifically for his apostles and prophets today, uh, the Lord does make known to, to them and reveal to them all of them the mysteries of the gospel. And so our Lord says, and he, he says, no longer do I call you servants. So he's just indicating that up until that time that our Lord had called his um, saints servants. And uh, the scripture says to us that the law and the prophets were until John. From the time of John, the kingdom of God was proclaimed. And so that is the cattle, basically. And so all the Old Testament saints were really the servants of the Lord. They weren't children of God. They hadn't yet been born again. But he calls us, he says, friends. And so we have this relationship with the Lord that everything that he has received from the Father, he makes known to us. And that includes all of the future that is pertinent to the church that she should know about. So the church should not go into the end times being with blinders on and not understanding what is taking place. The church should go into the end times having clear understanding of what's taking place. Uh, in fact, the church is the only uh, grouping of individuals in the earth who do have the capacity to know exactly what is taking place in the earth and what is still to come in the earth. Uh, the rest of the earth is in darkness and so they are subject to uh, the, king, the, the God of this world. Another scripture we can look at just to show us that it is not the will of the Lord that his saints should be deceived in this area and that and it is the will of the Lord that the church should have full understanding of the end time events um, before they do actually uh, unfold. And to, in today's teaching we're just laying a, ga a groundwork um, with regards to how the Lord wants us to approach this particular topic. This is a very extensive topic. There are many events that Scripture reveals to us uh, that need to take place before our Lord Jesus Christ returns. And so we will be studying them in, in pretty much in depth as we go through it. But I wanted to just lay a groundwork uh, on the issue that it is the will of the Lord that the saints of God should have a clear understanding of the end time events as and when they do unfold and in the, the chronological sequence that they will unfold. Uh, and we'll see all of that in Scripture as we go through it because it is not the will of the Lord that the saints approach the end times in any kind of fearfulness or anxiety about what's taking place in the earth because our Lord said it's going to get pretty rough as we get closer to the end of the age and he says we're not to be uh, concerned about those issues but here is another scripture 
Revelation chapter 1, verse 1. The scripture says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his servants, things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant, John. And so we saw in John 15, 15, our Lord says, Whatever the Father has told me, I've made known to you. And so the Father has made known to our Lord Jesus Christ all of the end time events as and when they will unfold and in the sequence that they will unfold in the earth. And so God has given that information to our Lord Jesus and our Lord has then passed that on to the church. For he says, which God gave him to show his servants things which must must shortly take place. And so the book of Revelation is given to the church specifically so that she can know end time events and understand them as and when they unfold. And so very clearly um, it is the will of the Lord that the saints are not ignorant uh, in this particular area of Scripture. Because again, as I say, right at the outset, when our Lord, um, we have Matthew's account, Mark's account and Luke's account, our Lord spoke on the end time events. And in each one, when he did, uh, well, obviously, it was just two times that he spoke. Mark and Matthew quote the same account. Luke quotes a a separate account. Um, But in every time that our Lord spoke about the end time events, he opened that discourse that he gave on end time events by admonishing his saints, take heed that no one deceives you. And so it is up to the saint to make sure that we don't get deceived in this area because it is very um, possible for people to become deceived in this area because um, there's just so much, as I say, teaching that gets put out there about the subject. And so we get to, um, because you know, people say, well, you know, how can we know really what's going to happen at the end time? Because God has you know, pretty much hidden it. Well, he hasn't. We've had a look at that. But look at this scripture, Acts chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. Uh, because the disciples now, after our Lord Jesus was raised from the dead, are pretty, you know, they, you must understand where, where they, they, they're coming from. They, they're Jews. They've always been taught their whole life that when the Messiah comes, he's going to set up his reign in the earth for all eternity. And he's going to dwell with them forever. That's the, the, the message that the Jews hear. They don't hear the message of uh, a suffering Christ who comes to the earth to suffer for mankind and then dies and then is raised from the dead and comes back a second time. The Jews don't hear that. They hear just the one time. And so all the time when our Lord was on the earth, they thought our Lord was going to set up his reign in the earth at that time. So much so that you recall James and John with their mother go to the Lord and say, you know, when you set up your kingdom, can we get to sit on your right and your left-hand side? Um, and so the, the, the Jews, our Lord's disciples, were convinced that he was going to set up his reign in the earth. Um, and then something dramatic happened. He, he, he goes to the cross and he dies. And that devastated because they didn't understand that he had to die. Even though our Lord, during the time he was on the earth, time and time again he would say to them, the, you know, the Son of Man must be uh, crucified and they're, they're rejected by the elders and they will scourge him. And, you know, he, he, he kind of put it out there as plainly as he, as he could. But the scripture tells us that that was hidden from them. They couldn't see it, even though they were with him. And he was telling them they couldn't see it. They still saw 
the Messiah and they saw Jesus as the Messiah. They recognized him as the Messiah. They thought when he gets to Jerusalem on this one occasion, he's now going to set up his rule in the earth. And then it doesn't happen because you know Jesus gets crucified and he gets put in the, in the, in the tomb. And so they're absolutely devastated. But then on the third day, our Lord appears to them. And now they're completely uh, jubilant because, now they, now, look at what they, they think now, because now they're talking to the Lord. He's risen from the dead. They're speaking to him. And this is what they say. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. So even then, when our Lord was raised from the dead and they were now conversing with him, their mindset was still set on the Messiah is going to reign in the earth and we will now reign with him forever. And so they thought, okay, well now this, now he has to set up. I mean, he's been raised from the dead, so now he's going to set up his kingdom. So they say, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And our Lord's response to them is, um, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. And so a lot of Christians quote that passage of Scripture and say, see, God doesn't want us to know times and seasons. He's put that in his own authority. And that is true. God has not, but look at the context of what they are asking and look at the reply that our Lord gives. The context is, will you at this time uh, restore the kingdom to Israel? So they wanted specifics. They thought, Lord, is this now, is now the time? We thought it was going to be the time you died, you know, you've now raised, been raised from the dead, so now is that the time? And our Lord then comes back to them and he says, it's not for you to know times of season which the Father has put into his own authority. And so our Lord is just saying, I'm not going to give you exact time because exact times is not uh, something that is given to the church even. Okay, Even the Lord Jesus, the Bible is very plain that Jesus doesn't know when he's coming back to the earth. Um, now that sounds kind of strange, but that's, I don't know the actual passage right now. I can't quote it offhand. But there's a very clear passage that says that even the Son doesn't know. Jesus said it. He said the angels don't know and neither does the Son. And so Jesus even does not know when he will be coming back to the earth. The exact time, the exact time, seasons and events uh, and, and signs our Lord does know and he's revealed that to us and we're going to be going through that in this series. But the exact date, Jesus doesn't know. The angels don't know. The Father has put that in his own authority. The only person who knows when Jesus is returning to the earth is God the Father right now. The Holy Spirit who dwells within God searches the deep things of God, but even the Holy Spirit, God the Father has not yet revealed that to the Spirit. Because once the, uh, the Father reveals that to the Spirit, the, the Son will know it, and that will be known in the church as well. And so that particular piece of information, and there's a lot more, God the Father keeps to himself. Even Jesus doesn't know when he's coming back to the earth, the exact date that he will be returning to the earth. And that's what the, the saints were asking. Lord, is it going to happen at this time? And so it's very seldom that God actually does communicate exact times, timelines, should I say, to the, the, the church today, obviously, and to the saints under the Old Covenant. Very seldom does God do that. 
what God tends to do is he tends to give us um, signs. Well, he says, look out for these signs, and when you see these signs taking place, then you know that the time is near. So that's kind of how God does deal with us. But there are instances recorded in the scripture where the Lord, in fact, did give a complete accurate timeline to the saints under the old covenant. And, but that's not the norm. Just have, let's have a look at a couple of examples. Genesis 15, 13. Then he said to Abram, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, and will serve them, and they will afflict them 400 years. And so that's God speaking to Abram before he was even Abraham. And he told him that his descendants will be, he didn't mention uh, Egypt, he just says a land that is not theirs. Uh, we obviously know in hindsight it was Egypt. But God specifically said that they will be there for 400 years. And if you look at the, the biblical account, it was exactly 430 years uh, from the time that Israel went into Egypt until they came out. Um, and so that is how accurate God was on his time in there, the 30 years being when God had spoken to Abraham. But I don't want to get into that in kind of depth. But the point is, at that point, God gave them, uh, Abraham and the children of Israel, because that book was written for them, they knew they were going to be in Egypt for 400 years. Now, I don't think there were any of them that actually read that, <laughs> because nobody got to the point where uh, the 400 years is up, and now we can be expecting God to come and uh, deliver us. Uh, we have no account in Scripture that says that anybody read it, and thus uh, were able to um, believe God on the issue. All right, Moses wrote the book of, of the law, so maybe it hadn't yet been written, I don't know. But there's another account in Scripture where God gave Israel, again, a very specific timeline, and so that Israel could then um, look to God on that issue. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 10. The Scripture says, For thus says the Lord, After seventy years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. And there, uh, God the Father and obviously our Lord Jesus are very specific to the children of Israel. You're going to be in Babylon for 70 years. So settle down. If you go read the, the, the prophecies given by Jeremiah, he says, you know, um, have families, build, plant, because you're there for 70 years. It's roughly a generation. Uh, and then at the end of 70 years, I'm going to bring you back. Now, the, if you look at the account, the, the prophet Daniel reads that. When he reads that, he says, okay, wait a minute, 70 years are up. And so he begins to seek God, and he begins to uh, intercede to God on behalf of Israel that God would restore Israel to, to, um, to the land of Judah, and that's exactly what God did. But by and large, God does not give us timelines. He doesn't say, on this date, this will happen, on that date, this will happen. What he says is, this will happen, and that will happen. And we, in hindsight, can see it actually unfold as we look in Scripture. Um, and we can then anticipate, all right, this has happened, so this is the next thing to happen. But when and the dates that these things happen, that is in God's domain. And He doesn't reveal that to us. Times and seasons, God keeps in His own authority. So He doesn't reveal that to us. He does once in a while, very seldom. Um, so what do we look at? We look at the, the signs that God gives us, the events as He gives it to us in Scripture, 
He says this will happen and this will happen. And so we look at those events. And so when those events begin to unfold, then we know, okay, this is where we are in God's timeline. Now, again, we don't know, okay. And so people who try and predict the exact date of the Lord's return are absolutely foolish. I mean, that's not God at all, because as I said, the script, Jesus said he doesn't know. The angels don't know. Only God the Father knows. So he's not going to reveal that bit of information to some person living on the earth. That's just not going to happen. And so you get a lot of people that predict, okay, on this date, and if the date comes and goes and nothing happens, and so they change their date again. And so, you know, that's just, you can, you can see what spirit that is. That's not the Holy Spirit, because he certainly doesn't deal in that uh, manner. And so what our Lord said we should do is in Matthew 24, 32 and 33, because he's talking about the end times in this passage. He says, now learn this parable from, from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also... When you see all these things, know that it is near at the doors. And so, in context, our Lord had just taught, basically, uh, had given a, a summary account of the end time events, as in when they would unfold. And so when our Lord ends off his teaching, he said, when you see all these things, now you know that it's, at the, you know, it's, it's near it's at the door. And so that is what we're to look at as the church. We, we see in Scripture what our Lord teaches us and the Holy Spirit teaches us about the end time events, what events have to occur. When we see those events occurring, then we know where we are in God's timeline. We don't know the date, just as Jesus doesn't know the date, no one knows the date except God the Father. But we do know from what God shows us in His Word and we can then see it taking place, oh, okay, we're at this stage of the end times, this still has to take place, uh, but this has already taken place. And so we can just see chronologically exactly where we are in the timeline of God. But dates, that's in God's domain. It's not in, the, um, in anyone else's domain. It's only in God the Father's domain. He keeps that in his own authority. Now, when our Lord Jesus Christ does return, because the, the teaching that we'll be going through in this series, the last days, is going to take us up to the day when our Lord Jesus Christ does in fact return to the earth. Because the church will be on the earth when our Lord Jesus Christ returns to the earth. Now, that flies in the face of all of the teaching on the pre-tribulation rapture and all that, but I don't want to get into debate. We're going to go through the events as revealed to us in Scripture. But as I said, this teaching will take us through all the events that must occur up until the time that the Lord Jesus Christ returns to the earth, because it is at that time when our Lord Jesus returns to the earth that the church will be taken out of the earth. Now that sounds kind of strange, but if you understand um, end times and you understand how things work, basically when our Lord Jesus Christ returns to the earth, uh, we don't, he doesn't come straight directly to the earth. We meet the Lord in the air, um, it's in a realm that's outside of the earth's realm. And it's at that time that the church will enter into judgment with their Lord. Uh, for we also will incur our internal, eternal judgment. And we stand before the, the judgment seat of Christ. We will then give an account for our lives. 
And at that time, the church is taken out of the earth. It is while the church is being judged and she is receiving her reward from the Lord for that which she's done while she was on the earth, um, that the wrath of God is then poured out on the earth. At the end of the time, which is roughly a three-year period, you can look at the, the scriptural accounts. We won't get into that today. And we're in this series even, because as I say, we're going to be going in this series up to the point that our Lord returns and the church leaves. That's where we're going to be going. Because once the church has left the earth, you know, all of the other stuff is going to happen. There's a lot of things that will take place on the earth, but it's not really going to affect us. We won't be here. So I'm not going to be touching on that. But the point is, is that, that it will be roughly a three-year period in time. We'll be taken out of time into eternity. We'll be spending our time with the Lord, being judged by Him. The wrath of God will be poured out. At the end of that roughly three-year period, then the church will return to physically to the earth with the Lord Jesus Christ, and our Lord will then set up His reign for a thousand years. But as I say, this series takes us up to the point where the church is taken out of the earth. A lot of people call it the rapture, the catching away of the church. So we'll take the teaching up until that point. All the events that must take place until uh, leading up to that event. And that event is linked directly to the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we can pick that up in um, Scripture in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 15 through to verse 18. Uh, the Apostle Paul has to, had had to deal with the issue because in his day there was you know people had gone into the churches and had said oh, the 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 resurrections already taken place the raptures already happened um, and you know they, in those days they didn't have social media they didn't have in, the internet they had nothing they had letters that had to be carried from one town to another. So it was very uh, feasible for deceivers to go into churches and say, you know, the church in Jerusalem is gone. They've been taken up. Uh, you guys have missed out. And, you know, the, a lot of the saints would then think, what, what's going on? Have we lost? Have we missed out? And there were people that we had, were teaching the church that the resurrection's already passed. And Paul said they were overthrowing the faith of some. So Paul had to deal with it by just reassuring the churches Guys, no, don't get excited. Nothing's happened. Um, this has still got to, and he, he lists a couple of issues that have to take place before our Lord returns to the earth. And so he's addressing that in this particular, uh, the church in Thessalonica, he had to address it because obviously the deceivers had gotten into that church and they were a bit concerned. And so Paul addresses it. And so he deals with it in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 15 to 18. He says, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord. Now, this is how he's teaching about what, still, what will happen when our Lord returns. He says that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. And so, our Lord, um, well, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul is teaching us that when our Lord re returns to the earth, that there are going to be saints who will be on the earth at that time. For he says, we who are alive and remain, where? On the earth, until the coming of the Lord Jesus, will by no means precede those who are asleep. Verse 16, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first, 
then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. And so here we see when our Lord Jesus Christ returns to the earth, that the church will be in one of two locations. Currently, the church is in one or two locations. Of two locations, should I say. The church is here on the earth. All the saints on the earth, they're part of the church. And so we're on the earth. But then there are also our brothers and sisters in Christ who have departed from the earth to be with Christ. They're already in heaven with Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.8 says, We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. And so all of the saints who have died in Christ, think about Paul, Peter, James, John, Jude, all of them, and all of the saints that have passed on since then, have all departed from this life to be with Christ. They are all in heaven currently, in the presence of the Lord. And so the church is in, although we are one in spirit and we are one church, one body, nevertheless we are in two different locations. We have the saints who are alive and on the earth, and we have the saints who are alive and are in heaven. And so when our Lord Jesus Christ returns to the earth, the saints that are in heaven currently will return to the earth with Him. Now, what will happen is their bodies will be raised. Now, the scripture says, if you go read the account, they will return to the earth, enter into their resurrected bodies and be raised up. And that's why he says, For the Lord himself, verse 16, will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them. So they come back with the Lord. Uh, he waits in the air. They come back, they get their resurrected bodies. Those of us who are on the earth, our bodies are changed instantly. Um, in the twinkling of an eye, the scripture says, will be changed. And so our bodies will be, these, these natural bodies will become spiritual bodies in the twinkling of an eye. Uh, the saints in heaven will enter into their resurrected bodies. Our Lord will raise up from the grave. And together, the saints that have now entered into their resurrected bodies and the saints who are alive on the earth and have changed into their resurrected bodies, together the whole church will then rise up to meet the Lord in the air, and we will so be together with Him forever. And it's at that time that the church will then, our Lord will then enter into judgment with His saints in the air. We'll meet the Lord in the air. That is now the rapture. That is when the church is taken out of the earth. And it is at that time that the judgment of God, the wrath of God, will be poured out on the inhabitants of the earth. The church will be taken out. And so she will not be. Um, she will not incur the wrath of God, for the church has been appointed to tribulation, but she has not been appointed to wrath. And so we will not experience the wrath of God. But that's where, how, as I said, the church will be in two locations. Currently it is in two locations. And when our Lord returns, the saints will return with Him, pick up their resurrected bodies, and then they, together with the saints who are still on the earth, in both, in their, everybody in their resurrected bodies now, will ascend into the air, the heaven, um, where we will um, be judged by our Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's the event that will take place. And so the church is going to be on the earth up until that time. 
when our Lord returns, that's when the church is taken out. They are simultaneous events. Over a period of three years, but again, we must understand that when we are entered into our resurrected bodies and we leave the earth, we, leave, we, we, we step outside of time and we step into eternity. And so what will transpire on the earth for is, it will be a three-year period for those who are still on the earth. But for us, the church will be outside of time, will be in eternity. And so it's not as if you know, we're going to be now spending three years being judged by the Lord. Um, there's no time in eternity and so we need to just get that right remember the scripture says with God a thousand years is as one day and, and one day as a thousand years just trying to explain to us the concept that eternity is outside of time and so when we enter into that time while we're with the Lord it's outside of time we're in eternity but for the unbelievers who remain on the earth they will incur a three-year period that's just pretty much the timeline there now, when our Lord Jesus Christ does return to the earth, um, there are going to be basically two groupings of people on the earth that will incur that event. The, the one is the church, and the one are the unbelievers, obviously. Um, and the church is not meant to be taken by surprise when that event occurs. The unbelievers will be taken completely by surprise when that event occurs. But there is also another category that could be taken by surprise, and that is the saints who are not sober. When I, when I say sober, I'm not talking about who are not, uh, who are not drunk. I'm talking about who are not um, watchful of the end time events as they occur. And our Lord admonishes us that we need to be watchful because as we go through the events as they occur uh, going up, leading up to the end times, um, there's gonna be some very powerful things that will be taking place in the earth and a lot of deception taking place in the earth. And a lot of saints um, will be tempted to become deceived. And so our Lord admonishes us in this area. We need to really be watchful in this area. Now, again, we need to understand the timeline, okay? We don't know when our, when our Lord's returning. I've established that. But we, as we go through these events, we will see just how close to the end times we really are. Um, but let's go back, I don't know, 200 years ago. 200 years ago, it was not a very um, necessary subject to be taught to the church. Why is that? Because 200 years have come and gone, and our Lord has still not returned. And so two or three generations have passed in that time period. So for you know, uh, our great-grandfathers to have known, have had very clear understanding of the end-time events, uh, was not nearly really necessary for them because why why no I mean they're going to be with the Lord before He comes anyway so you know, it's not you know when, do they need to know when the Antichrist was going to be revealed no because it didn't impact on their lives at all okay but as we draw closer to the point where these events will take place in the earth well now it becomes a bit more important for the church to be made aware of these events so that the saints leading up into those times are not deceived. 
So again, you know, from Paul's day up until now, you know, it was not necessary. And so it wasn't really taught. It's not a subject that really has been taught. It's been a subject that has fascinated a lot of the saints. But it's not a subject that the Lord has really pushed in His church because He knows, you know, there's still there's a lot, long way to go still before the Lord returns. So don't get all excited about it. But as we all go through these end time events now, um, over the series, we'll see, well, you know, we are getting quite close to the end. And so it could be that this is the generation that will enter into those times. Now, if that is the case, well, then this generation does need to know what these events are so that they don't enter into any kind of deception. Because, as I say, when our Lord returns to the earth, unbelievers will be taken completely by surprise. The, the saints who are sober and watchful, they won't be taken by surprise at all. They will know our Lord is about to come. But there will be a grouping of saints um, that will go into this period um, kind of blinded and thus open to deception. Remember at the outset, our Lord said, Take heed, saint, that no one deceives you. Um, and again, our Lord, in, in talking about the end times, just briefly, he did mention, he said that there will be such, that, especially the Antichrist and under his reign, that the, the signs that will be made manifest will be that powerful that if possible, even the elect may be deceived. And so that's the kind of stuff that will be taking place in the earth in the end times. And so as we go through the events, we'll see, you know, all right, well, this is where we are. Um, and you can basically for yourself determine as to whether you think you're in that generation that will now experience the end time. If you believe that you're not in that generation, well, so be it. But as I say, um, it's not a subject that a hundred years ago needed to be taught to the church because all of those saints have since passed on and have gone to be with the Lord. So they didn't need to know when all these things were going to be taking place. But as the church gets closer to the time when all of these things will take place, well, then the church does need to know. So our Lord said in Mark 13, 35 to 37, he says, Watch therefore. Again, he's talking about the end time events. And he's explaining what our attitudes should be like as the saints enter into those end time events. He says, Watch therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming. Speaking about himself now. In the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to all, watch. Now, that our Lord is specifically, specifically talking about when He does return to the earth. But it, that event also happens in every saint's life. Because our Lord said, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And so every one of the Lord's saints, when their time on this earth draws to a close, they, they die physically. Now at that time, our Lord Jesus comes and takes them back to be with him. That's what he said he would do. And that's exactly what he does. And so that happens to every saint. He says, um, the master of the house will come to every saint, whether it's at the end of the age or at the end of our physical lives. The master will come. He says it will happen in the evening, could happen at midnight, crowing of the rooster, or in the morning. It can happen at any time. He says, 
lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. So at all times, the saint must always be watchful in their lives. Now, it's not a case of, Lord, are you coming today to take me home? No, that's not the, what he's talking about. He's saying we need to be living our lives knowing that our master is coming to fetch us again. And we don't want to the Lord to drop down dead and be taken by surprise. Lord, I, I still have so much to do. Uh, I didn't expect you to come to take me. No, we need to be doing what the Master has told us to do. So that when he does come, we are expectant of him coming in our own lives. Think about Peter. Peter said, you know, the Lord has shown me that I must soon, soon put off my tent. Um, so the Lord said, Paul, uh, Peter, your time's up. I'm coming to take you to myself. Get your house in order. And all Christians should approach the end of their life like that. No Christian should uh, be taken by surprise when they, go, when they end up in heaven. Oh, Lord, I didn't expect to be here today. I thought I was going to be doing this, and here I'm in heaven. No, all of us should be made aware ahead of time. All right, you know, Mike, your time's drawing to a close. I want you to get everything to, together because I'm going to be taking you home to be with me. Um, you know, in a short while, as he did with Paul, as he did with, with Peter, as he does with all of his saints who are watchful. And so that's in our individual lives. But we do get to the end times. And so our Lord deals with the same kind of topic. And because in context, that's what he was talking about when he, meant, when he made that comment. He was talking about the end times. And so the saints who are watchful will not be taken by surprise when our Lord returns. But the saints who are not watchful can and will be taken by surprise when our Lord returns. But they are not the only ones. As I said, the world will be taken completely by surprise. Again, the Apostle Paul talking about the end time events to the church in Thessalonica because of the false doctrine that has started to infiltrate the church even back then about the second coming of our Lord. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 1 to 9. The Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul writing and he says, but concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. Some people say, you see, it's going to happen as a thief in the night. But look what he says. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so here the Apostle Paul is addressing our Lord's return when he comes the second time. And he says that when they say peace and safety, sudden destruction uh, comes upon them. Uh, he's talking about the world there. And so he kind of alludes to us events that, as they will unfold even in that, in that small passage there. Because he's saying... The world will get to a point where they will say, at last, we have now reached peace and safety. There will be a, a, a status that will be 
the, the, the earth will get to where they will think, okay, we've now got everything sorted out. There's no more wars now taking place. Everything's under control. And the moment that that happens, sudden destruction comes upon them. And they get caught completely unawares. But uh, Paul says, we're not to be in that camp. We're not to be caught unawares. We're to be um, watchful and sober, just like our Lord said. We need to be watchful and sober because we're sons of the day, son, uh, uh, sons of light. And so this event will not take the saints who are watchful and sober by surprise. Uh, it is very clear in Scripture. He says, because, in, and Paul was so confident on the issue, he says, brethren, I've no need to write to you really about this issue. He says, because concerning times and seasons, because you know perfectly that the day of the Lord is coming as a thief in the night to those who are in the world and to those who are not watchful. But to the saints, guys, he says, you, you, you'll see very clearly, okay, our Lord's about to come. And he says, none of that is anywhere near. And we'll go through the, the events as even the Apostle Paul taught that need to take place before our Lord returns. Um, and so that is why Paul says, you know, it's not a big issue. I, you know, I shouldn't even have to teach you on the issue because don't panic about this because when our Lord is about to come to the earth, the church will be ready. She'll know our Lord is about to come. You know, you get, even it, it, it's, it, it, it saddens me because you get Christians, you know, who love the Lord and spiritual, tongue-talking, well, they're not mature, but have been in the Lord for many, many years. And then they, the rumors come around. There's a, a blood moon now. Is the Lord coming back? And, you know, no, because you, you can see the ignorance about the Word of God on the issue. Because God has given to us so clearly uh, the events that must transpire before our Lord returns. And so, no, it's not a case of there's a blood moon coming up this month, so now the Lord's going to return. There's this, uh, sat, uh, this uh, asteroid that's coming, and now the Lord's going to return. And you get Christians that get taken up with this. Um, and, you know, it is such foolishness because, you know, if we just look at what the Word of God says on the subject, it is so plain and so easy for us to understand that we can just rest in the Lord and say, Lord, you know, um, I know that you're not coming back now, but we also need to be, for our own personal lives, be fully aware of when our Lord is coming to take us to be with Him. Because that is a promise that He has given to us. And so many Christians get taken by surprise when our Lord comes to take them, because they're not ready. But we should be ready, because our Lord will not... You know, He's, he's a perfect gentleman. And so before he comes to take us, he, he lets us know and we need to be watchful. But if we're so caught up in the world, we won't know. But getting back to the end times, again, as we'll see as we go through this series, uh, the end time events in Scripture are so plain for the church to know and understand that she is the only one in the earth today who knows exactly what's going on. And so no Christians should be concerned about a blood moon that's coming, about a um, asteroid that's coming or about um, I don't know this individual being made prominent in the earth and that individual being made prominent no Christian should be concerned about that at all because we just look at what God says on the subject and you know we know okay well that's just the world running around and the baby Christians get caught up in that and that's very sad to see so I suppose um, as we go through it um, maybe it is that this generation is getting to the point where she will experience the return of the Lord. I don't know. 
Um, again, no one knows. God, Father, God the Father knows, and that's as, as, as close as we can get on the issue. But we're going to end the teaching on that particular point today. Amen.